Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning. Uh, welcome. If you're new here, it's great to have you with us. Um, for those who listen on our podcast, it's great you're listening. Uh, I just want to talk for a few minutes today around the great topic of disappointment. As someone said to me earlier, you've probably got lots of material, Sim. I'm like, there we go. Disappointment. Or if you're a sporting fan, we've definitely got loads of material. Um, but here's the thing today. We tell our children that anything is possible. We tell our children that you can do whatever you want to do. If you work hard enough, you'll be successful. Just last week um, in the Wimbledon competition, there was this girl who's 15 years old. Her name was Coco Goff, and, and she got to the fourth round, and she was celebrated. And everyone's like, wow, how do you do this? And she, in an interview, said these words. She said, it just proves that if you work hard enough, you can do anything. So next year... Fourth round of Wimbledon, I'm expecting all of you to be competing because it's possible for anyone if you work hard enough. Isn't that right? Anyone can do anything, apparently. We tell our children it's always possible to achieve anything. And one of my little bugbears, sorry for the teachers in the room, is school sports day. And we're at the sports day season. I can see some of the teachers looking at me. I know. But I have a bit of an issue with sports day. Everybody wins. Everyone takes part. We all clap and go, well done. You all get a sticker. First place, we all know we don't have first place. We just all clap. We applaud. We go, well done. Amazing. Winners. Fantastic. You can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. No such thing as last place. Everyone participates. And then they apply for their university place. Or they apply for their dream job. And not everybody wins. In fact, when you go for an interview, most people don't win. One person gets a job. Not many people get the university place of their dreams, and they can feel disappointed. And sometimes the more we tell ourselves, the more we tell our friends and people around us and our children how amazing they're going to be, the drop between what you're expecting and the reality you experience, you can hit the ground much harder. And the truth is disappointment is a real everyday activity all of us struggle with. You don't have to be living life very long to experience disappointment. Maybe whether it was not getting picked for the team or it wasn't getting the latest toy for Christmas. For me, it was when I got the grifter bicycle when I really wanted a BMX. My parents said it was a more sturdy bike. No boy wants a sturdy bike. They want the cool bike. It doesn't matter if it's going to fall apart. That's irrelevant. And I was disappointed. Maybe you've not achieved your high-flying career you were hoping for. Or maybe you don't have millions of followers on your Instagram account. You're all going to face disappointment. Maybe you aspire for greatness to be the best you can with all that God has given to you. But recognizing that we may have limitations. We won't all be history makers. Today I want to undo some of the myths around this disappointment to find out how can we be fully human, comfortable in our brokenness, but living in faith that God has got something great for each one of us. So does it mean that we just aim low? Because if we aim low, the disappointment will be either minimized or non-existent. No, we should aim high. What does the Bible say. The Bible does not say, whoever does the will of my father will always get the best parking spaces, especially at Beggar's Fair on a Saturday in Romsey. The Bible does not say, if you lose your life for my sake, 
you will always look great in your swimsuit when you're on holiday in the summer. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, seek first the kingdom of God, and you will never get a spot on your face just before an important event. It doesn't say that in my Bible. It doesn't say you'll always be healthy, always be wealthy, you'll always be thin, you'll keep your hair, you won't have had bad hair days if you do have some hair. It, won't just, it doesn't say that in the Bible. It doesn't say in the Bible that you will, you will never face challenges. But it does say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But sometimes that can be, that's, that's like a real sledgehammer reverse. Because if you're feeling like, I can do all things, that's a great verse. If you're feeling like, yes, I need a bit of encouragement and I'm up for this. But if you're not feeling great, you can, that can add guilt. I can, oh, I'm going to feel almighty and all powerful because God is with me, but I'm just not feeling it right now. We live in a world where feeling is more important than fact or truth or reality. I don't feel like it, so I won't do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're talking about doing real this year. We do real at Freedom Church. And the reality is we don't always feel like we can do all things. But the Bible is saying to us it is possible through Christ who strengthens you. Disappointment is normal. Sorry if you've never experienced disappointment and I'm breaking your bubble, but disappointment is normal. Disappointment is the experience we have when an outcome doesn't match what we expect. The greater the disparity between the two is the greater the reaction. When we have high expectations and low outcome, there's huge disappointment. Especially if it's with somebody who we love or trust or someone we look up to, we value, and they let us down in some ways, the disappointment can be sometimes life-changing. And our emotional responses, the way we respond to disappointment can be very different for different people. For some people, it's sadness. It's recognizing a reality. Oh, so sad about what I've just seen or experienced. For some, it's anger. It's deflection. The reality is there. You're hurting, so you lash out and you react in a way that says, I don't want to accept this truth. And for some, you know, it's almost like I've been disappointed so many times. I'm just apathetic. I don't care anymore. I'm just, I'm just done. I'm just, I've just had enough of being disappointed. But Jesus said in some of his last words, he's preparing his disciples before he's heading off back to heaven to be with his father. And he's setting them up. But he's saying, you know what? I'm going to do a great prayer in John 17. We'll get to that. But in John chapter 16, I want to give you a heads up what's going to happen over the next few days. Because it's going to be a little bit murky. All right. He says this in verse 20. He says, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You're going to weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. He's saying, you know what, in the next few days, didn't realize this, in the next few days, what you thought was going to happen is going to be disappointment. Because suddenly it's not working. This, this person I've, I've followed for three years, I've given myself to, this man Jesus who tells incredible stories and performs miracles is no longer going to be alive. He's no longer going to be with me. And I'm going to go, what was that all about? And disappointment is going to hit. He's saying, it's going to be difficult. You're going to weep and you're going to mourn over what's going to happen to you. And the world... Is going to rejoice. The world going, ha, that's what we expected. The world. Jesus was saying, in fact, in, in John 17, Jesus refers to the world 19 times. And he points out the fact the world thinks this. 
But I'm saying to you a different message. The world will rejoice and you're going to mourn. I'm not here to save um, the world from doing what they want to do. I'm pointing you saying if you want to follow Jesus, it's different to the world. The world's way is different to the God way. The world will think differently to you. Look at me. Trust me. I'm going to bring wonderful joy, he's saying in John 16, 20. In 21, he carries on. I have to be really careful with this analogy. He says, it'll be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. I have no idea what that is like. I won't even try and pretend I've ever felt pain like it. I will not try and measure it in any way. I understand that is a limited approach. But it says this in 21, when her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world of that joy. I have no idea what it's like to go through childbirth, but I have watched a baby being born four times. They were my children, in case you're worried. I was just wandering around the labor wards and just sort of helping myself to look. Have a look, please. Uh, it was my children being born. And I tell you, and I can tell you horror stories as everyone could about those moments. But there was the moment when the baby was born, each one of them. And Lottie, my wife, she never looked at any one of those children and said, that wasn't worth the pain. She never said, oh, really? Seriously, is that all I get? The joy overcame the pain. The pain was still there. I'm not dismissing the fact there were hours of labor and the body had changed, all sorts of things had happened. That was still there, but the pain was masked by the joy in the moment of child being born. That's what happens. Jesus is saying, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like this moment where you're going to feel pain and you're going to be grieving and you're going to be struggling, but there's joy coming and it's going to be okay. And the pain doesn't necessarily disappear but the joy will be greater than the pain you're feeling. Verse 22, he says, You have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. And then jump into verse 33. He carries on. He says this, I've told you all this. I've given you the heads up. I'm telling you there's some stuff coming. We've got some challenges ahead. We've got some tricky um, obstacles to overcome. I'm telling you this so you can have peace. In me. Jesus didn't say, I'm telling this because you are going to absolutely nail this. You've got this all sorted. You're going to be amazing. You're going to be the best thing you ever be. It's going to work. You're going to own it. You, you will never have any problems in life. You'll always find a parking space. Your, your, your Netflix will never buffer when you're trying to watch a TV show. Everything will work well. You'll never lose your job. Your boiler will never break. It will always be sunny unless you're a gardener. Then it'll always be raining. It'll be amazing for you. He didn't say that. He said, you will have peace in me. In fact, Jesus on earth, you can have trials and sorrows. You'll face challenges. You'll, you'll realize in the Bible that pain is a promise. Struggle is certain. Suffering, inevitable. How, how are we all feeling right now? <laughs> Glad you came to Freedom Church this morning. Thanks to both of you there. Wonderful. Are you okay at this point there? Like, oh, nudge person next to you, it'll get better from here. It, it, if not, we're in trouble. No, no, I meant nudge the person next to you and say that. Go on. There we go. Fantastic. Good to make sure you're listening and awake and alive. And <laughs> some of you I know are living in disappointment. You're experiencing disappointment right now. Things have not turned out the way you had hoped. Maybe you got to a stage of life and you thought, I didn't think I would be here at this point. 
You're in the middle of a difficult season. Maybe you're feeling left out. Maybe you're feeling overlooked. Maybe you're feeling rejected. Maybe you're feeling isolated and alone. Maybe you have lost your confidence. You're battling depression. You're anxious about what is going on around you. You are dealing with bad news, struggling with finances, facing health challenges. Your relationship is not what it should be. Maybe this is some of your disappointing story right now today. Maybe you have children who are choosing to make decisions you wish they didn't make. You know they're unwise. You're trying to love them in the right direction, but it's not working out. Maybe your workplace is challenging. You're feeling the pressure of a boss who's demanding more than is humanly possible. Maybe you're afraid, hurting, thinking no one understands. You're overwhelmed. Where is God in the disappointment? Where is he in the upside-down world we live in? Two things I want to point out to you this morning. Number one is this. Navigating the disappointments of life with Jesus will prove your faith. It will prove your faith. I don't mean it will just prove to everyone that you have a faith. It will make it stronger. Proving your faith will mean that actually it grows in its strength. And when you navigate disappointments with Jesus, it will become more viable. Your faith will become something you can depend upon because it's been proven. In, in the book of Peter, uh, the writer there, the, one of the apostles and followers of Jesus, Peter, writes this uh, letter to the church in 1 Peter. And the church this time is facing extreme persecution. I mean extreme. I don't mean there's a little bit of a niggle at work about wearing a cross to work. I mean a proper persecution. People are being set alight because they follow Christ. People are being publicly humiliated, disgraced, fed to animals, and people are paying to watch the, uh, Christians being tortured as a sideshow because they're under persecution. And as a bit of a side note as well to say this morning, actually around the world, Christians are being persecuted in their thousands. Next week, or this week coming up, the Bishop of Truro is producing a report on the state of persecuted church around the world. And the Foreign Secretary is, has been looking into this, and they are recognizing that the majority of persecuted groups in the world is often the Christians. Still in Iran, still in China, still in parts of Russia, there is incredible persecution. And into the middle of this writing around 60, 65 AD, when, when Peter is writing this letter, he writes to the church, and his opening words in 1 Peter 1 verse 6, he says this, So be truly glad. That's what he says. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. If you're facing trials, Peter says, so be truly glad. Woo! Anyone thought that when they're facing trials? I am so glad today that it's all going wrong. I'm so glad this is the story I'm facing today. I met my brother, one of my brothers yesterday, and he was just telling me about the bathroom that leaked two years ago that got replaced by the insurance company is now leaking again, and the whole thing has to be replaced, and it gets even better. The tiles they 
did the whole bathroom in no longer exist. You can't get the tiles. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a first world problem. I get that. But the disappointment is he wasn't saying to me, I'm so glad I'm facing challenges today. He wasn't going, woo, an opportunity for God to grow my faith. The reality is we face these disappointments every day. And in the middle of extreme persecution, Peter writes these words. These trials will show your faith is genuine. And I want to put to you, if there is a genuine faith, that there is always a, also a counterfeit faith, a fake faith, a pretend faith, a faith that says, I will go to church and do the Christian thing and I'll turn up enough so they know that I'm around. But when the challenges come, I'm going to run. When the difficulties I have to face come my way, I am not going to be able to keep on digging in. I'm done. I've had enough. I can't manage it because their faith is being proven when the disappointments come and it gets proven that they have got shallow roots. And I don't want for anybody in Freedom Church to be like that. I want people to be dug in and to be connected and to be strong in their faith. Jesus told the parable of the sower that sowed the seed. And one of the examples he gave is the seed falls on the thorny ground. And the thorny ground, there are the cares and the worries of this world. And when the thorns come up and the weeds come up, the seeds go, you know what, this is too tough. I'm not bedded in. I don't have strong roots. And it's tricky. And I disappear. I run. I've had enough. And that's what the world happens. The world sees with people who have a, a, a lack of real proven faith is they can attend the church, they can sing the songs, say all the right things, and when difficulties come, people run. And maybe that's been your story, or a story of a friend or family member, you've seen that happen. And maybe you look at other people and say, I wish I had a faith like that person. The reason that that person has strong faith is because they have had to go through times of disappointment when their faith has been proven and they've gritted their teeth and said, I don't like this, I'm not enjoying it, but I'm trusting God through it. That's how faith gets proven. But we tell ourselves different stories. So things like you may say, well, I, I'm single. Maybe God doesn't love me. I failed at exams. God's not real. I've had a family member or a close friend die of an illness. I can't trust God anymore. And we put these things onto God rather than recognizing these are just disappointments that happen to each one of us throughout life. I've mentioned before about one of our greatest disappointments was losing um, one of my best friends and my, my wife's brother, Rich, to cancer. And um, he loved God, and we had people praying for him all around the world, and we had, we had sort of endless kind of prayer times for him. And, and I remember just thinking, yeah, God's going to heal him, and it didn't happen. And disappointment would be an understatement. But all through that moment, we knew God was good. We may have not felt it, but we chose to believe it. Sometimes we were gripping on with our fingernails, but we were going, I'm trusting you, God. I'm not seeing the joy that's coming. I'm feeling the grief and the loss and the disappointment and the anger and the frustration and whatever the emotions might be. But I know you've promised me in your peace there is joy coming. And I'm choosing to hold on. Even though everything around me looks like it's not working as I thought it would. Even though disappointment is raging, I'm choosing a better outcome. God has been good to us as a family. And even through the middle of that, we knew he was good then. Sometimes God's goodness is more real in the downtime than it is in the uptime. God is good all the time, but the trials, they prove your faith. If you're still standing in the difficult disappointments, your faith is becoming more 
real. If you're still here and you're worshiping in the middle of your trial, your faith is real and no one will take that away from you. God is at work in you. Trials and troubles, they prove your faith. They prepare you for purpose. It's not something happening to you. It's something that God is doing in you. And sometimes you don't understand it. We can't express it. But I trust, I trust God. I put my hope in God. If you want to grow stronger, if you want a better faith, if you want to grow in your understanding of God, I'm really sorry to tell you this morning, and maybe this is the message you want to hear, that it won't always be easy. And ease and comfort will not make you stronger. A faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. If you want a strong faith, you have to test it to prove it so it can be reliable. I found some words this week from the diary of John Wesley. Um, John Wesley was the minister, he was a parish priest who started the, the Methodist church some 300 years ago. And he, he started, well, 250 years ago, he started the church out of a desire to bring a greater discipleship. And he was famous for his preaching, but not everyone loved his preaching. Here's a little extract from one of his diaries in the late 1700s. Sunday, May the 5th, morning, preached in St. Anne's, asked not to come back. Sunday, May the 5th, in the evening, preached at St. John's. The deacon said to me, stay out, get out. Sunday, May the 12th, in the morning, I preached at St. Jude's. I can't go back there again. Sunday, May the 12th, in the evening, I preached at St. George's. I was kicked out once more. Sunday, May the 19th, in the morning, preached at the St. Somebody Else. That's what he called it, the St. Somebody Else. He obviously forgot the name. The deacons held a special meeting and asked me not to come again. In the evening, I preached on the street. I was even kicked off the street. Sunday, May 26th, a.m., I preached in a meadow and chased out of the meadow as a bull was turned loose during the service. Not had that problem before, have we, at Freedom Church? Uh, Sunday, June the 2nd in the morning, preached on the edge of the town. I was kicked off the highway. Sunday, June the 2nd in the afternoon, we had a service in the afternoon. I preached in a pasture, and 10,000 people showed up. How many of you would have stopped preaching after the second or the third effort? I'm like, I'm done now. I'm like, I've, I've had a go. Jesus, you told me to do this, and I'm just, I'm, I'm giving up. But he pushed on through, and a huge movement called the Methodist Church took place because of this man's absolutely, you know, persistence through disappointment. Disappointment can be our steps to breakthrough. Disappointment can be our, our step-by-step journey towards breakthrough. The second comment for you today is that disappointment prepares you for purpose. It gets you ready if you allow God to work through you. I've heard that if you want to get strong in the gym, you need to lift heavier weights. Some of you around here might know this firsthand. I won't check. But lifting weights, it's not the weight itself that makes you strong. It's the resistance to your muscles that makes you strong. You know, you can sit on, on your sofa all day long and you can watch Netflix or you can watch TV shows about bodybuilding. You won't get stronger in the comfort of your sofa. I'm really sorry to ruin it. There's no magic pet pill that can just go bang, all done. You need to start working on your muscles. If your resistance strengthens your muscles, disappointment strengthens your faith. It's not fun to go through. Lifting weights at some ridiculous hour of the morning to get strong isn't fun. But if that's the result you're looking for, you'll put yourself through it. If you want to grow and strengthen your faith, disappointment is part of that resistant process. 
James 1, another happy, clappy writer in the New Testament, said this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, do you know the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so you can become mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. You might say, Sim, I don't really see the point. I I feel discouraged. I'm overwhelmed. I'm afraid of what I'm facing right now. Could it be that God's preparation sometimes comes packaged as pain? We've just been listening and learning about the story of Joseph in his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Joseph saved a nation, but he was shaped through rejection, slavery, falsely accused, imprisoned. And he saw that become something that changed the nation. David, when he defeated Goliath, King David went through the pain of fighting lion and bear and being the insignificant youngest member of the family. But God was preparing him. The apostle Peter, we talked about earlier, um, he preached on Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved on the same day and baptized. What a moment that must have been. But he was also the same guy that let Jesus down three times. And Jesus restored him. He said, I'm disappointed. We're going to get through this. We're going to find joy at the other side of it. Sometimes people say, well, how do you deal with criticism? How do you deal when people don't agree with what you're trying to do as a church leader? The truth is, and hear me right here, I love getting compliments. I've got no problem. If you want to say to me, Sim, I love what you said today. Um, I, I love your wisdom. I love your leadership. I love, you know... Your, your trainers, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for that. But the truth is, I've never grown through that. I've not, never got better because someone said, great job. I've grown when I've had to face up the disappointments. I've grown when I've had to go, actually, this is not what I expected. It's my disappointment that's clarified my appointment from God. That's the truth. It's not because of people thinking I've done a good job that's maybe going, yeah, you're right, I have done a good job. It's those moments where I have faced disappointment, when I've made mistakes, when people are upset and unhappy with my decisions, when I've aimed high and we didn't quite get there. I've been disappointed the length of time it's taken to get the land presented to you as a church. We've had to kind of go, oh, it's just been process and and red tape. It's been difficult. I've been disappointed. It's been disappointing when things haven't worked. When I was encouraged, shall we say, to move on from one church to another because I wasn't quite fitting in there, that was disappointing to take. And I had to ask myself the question, is this what God is calling me to? Am I called to popularity or am I called to following God's direction? And I had to choose to grip my teeth and say, God, I'm trusting you even when it's not working as I like it to work. When people write unhelpful, unkind things to your trustee board or they say things behind your back and you have to choose, am I going to listen to the criticism? Am I going to listen to the God I serve? That's how it works. That's how faith gets built. That's how I grow stronger because I push into God and I say, God is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my foundation. He is my deliverer. He is the rock that is higher than I. That's the choice I get to make. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do all things through people who say nice things about me because then I'm reliant upon them. And when things are not so positive, then suddenly my faith gets shaken 
because I'm not popular. Instead, I choose to trust Christ who strengthens me. I may be overwhelmed, but I'm not alone. Your trials in life won't weaken you. They will make you stronger. You can tell yourself it's not just pain, it's preparation of what God has got for you. You haven't been turned down. You've been toughened up for a new opportunity. You aren't just being offended. God is purifying your heart. You may feel lonely, but Jesus is trusting, teaching you to trust like never before. You may feel betrayed, but God is expanding your capacity to love and to forgive others. You may feel like you've been set back, but maybe God is setting you up for something which can be better than you can ever imagine possible. You may say, well, Sim, you don't know the disappointment I'm going through. I, I, I don't. You may think, oh, it's easy for you to say, you know, someone said to me recently, said, oh, it's all right, Sim. I, you always look so shiny. But there's a compliment there somewhere. You always look together. You always look like you've got it going. It's all working for you. Everything's fine. Everything's great. I could tell you all about my disappointments. We would be here for a long, long time. I've got a list of things that have not worked out the way I want them to work out. I've got a list of things that did not happen as they should. And I'm not talking about the fact that well, I tried to part exchange my car this week and it went for a lot lower than I thought it was really worth. That's, that's a disappointment, yes. But I'm talking about real life-shouting disappointments where things have not worked as I'd hoped, where, where ambitions did not come to pass, where decisions I'd made I thought would get a certain outcome, it didn't happen, where people let me down. When I let myself down with decisions I've made, I've got loads of those stories of disappointments. But I want to say this morning that following Jesus isn't about having life the way you want it. I'm really sorry if you're here for the soft gospel message goes, you know what, love Jesus and everything works out. I haven't got that story. If you want that, there's another church maybe for you. I hope there isn't, but there might be. The story of the message of Jesus Christ is says actually you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross and, and, and follow him. This world is temporary. It is a, we are passing through. It is just a moment in time, and our faith points us towards something much greater, much better than anything we can imagine here on earth. And when we get focused on what does the world think of me, what does the world expect from me, we can face disappointment, rejection, and pain. You will cry yourself to sleep sometimes. It will happen in life. It is normal, but our focus is never upon ourselves, but upon Christ. At that point, we go, that is where our strength comes from. We put our faith in him. That's why, can I be honest with you, that's why I can, I can be empty on the inside. I can be hurting right in the center of who I am. But I can stand here and I can preach in faith. Not because of my reality, but because I know who God is. Not because I feel it, because I know it. Because my faith has been proven because every disappointment I've walked through, I've come out of the side going, that really hurt. But I'm stronger than ever before because God has proven to me and I've proven to God that we are in this together. And I am trusting him, not because it, I'm liking it, because I love him and I'm serving him. And, and if you, anything in me you think is strong, it's not because of me. It's because of him working through me. I'm not that good. God is good. And he gets to work through me. Let's get the worship team up and bring things to a close. Here's a quote for you. It says this, disappointment is what cold water is to burning metal. It strengthens, tempers, intensifies, but never destroys. Or Jesus himself said, here on earth, 
you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. Jesus is victorious. He is victorious. Jesus winning the victory. I don't know what your experience of your Christian faith might be. Maybe you've just, you just, the whole thing has been swimming. And you're like, Sim, I need to talk to you because I've had a different story. But maybe like me, you've had your ups and you've had your downs. And I genuinely believe that God will teach you something better in those down moments than you can ever experience in the moments where everything seems to work. And Jesus says this, you will have many trials and sorrows, but he will overcome. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.